Welcome to season one of the Overcomers Podcast. We are going to talk to you about overcoming adversity and living your dreams. If you've ever struggled, this is for you. We're going to talk to you about such struggles as drug addiction, relationship struggles, parenting struggles, incarceration, being displaced from your home. We're even going to touch on things such as sexual assault, or even if you just struggle with finding your purpose, finding your passion, being part of a community, this is for you. Like I said, if you've ever struggled, this is for you. So welcome to the Overcomers Podcast, where we're going to help you to overcome the adversities of life and live your dreams. Yo, yo, yo. It's your girl and boy, CT. Coming at you. We are Travis Barnes. And, and I'm Cindy Barnes. And we are not only the founders of Journey 333, but we are the founders of the Overcomer Podcast, which has been put out to the world to help you overcome adversity and live your dreams. Today, we are so excited because we're coming at you live with Jesse Cole. Jesse Cole is the owner of the Savannah Bananas. Fans First Entertainment, and you want to talk about overcoming adversity, Jesse's going to tell you about times where he was on an air mattress eating Top Ramen before he was running this multi-million dollar, uber successful company and baseball team. So, Jesse, thank you for being on the show. Travis and Cindy, I am fired up to be with you guys. Like I said, I'm so excited. I appreciate you seeing the show, being a part of it, reading the book, and now let's have some fun today. Yeah, speaking of the book, I got it right here next to me, guys, and I have made so many notes in this thing, you just wouldn't believe it. This book is a real gem. So for anybody that's listening, where you want to just be able to overcome things, be more of who you are, live your dreams, you don't even have to be an entrepreneur, I know that you're going to be picking up a lot of gems today. So Jesse, if you could, wherever you want to start is fine. I, I know that you've had a lot of adversities to get to where you're at. One of the things that stands out to me in the book is where you were talking about having a bathroom so tight you couldn't even go to the bathroom like comfortably because it was so small. Um, we talked about, you know, cockroaches in the apartment, uh, air mattress, top ramen. You know, tell us a little bit about the, uh, the prequel, you know, before you got to where you are today, if you could just kind of take us back, you know. Sure. Well, I'll go back to as a kid, you know, I was, uh, my parents got divorced when I was eight years old. Uh, I was an only child. Uh, my mother actually had a drug problem. Um, my father fight, fought to get custody of me, even as crazy as it was, because the, the kid always went with the mothers back then. So it was very, he, fortunately, he got custody of me. And, you know, at that point, I was, uh, you know, trying to make my dad proud. And so even as a kid, I was trying to, my dad was working all the time to try to support, I was trying to make him proud. And I was fortunate to get a, a baseball scholarship. And that was my life was baseball. My dad actually bought a baseball facility up in Massachusetts so I could play year round because he wanted to give me that dream of playing baseball. And that was my goal. So I went to college, full scholarship, Division I baseball, started getting letters from the New York Mets, the Padres, the Braves, the Pirates. I was like, my dream is going to come true. Yes. And then my senior year, I tore everything in my shoulder, just like that. My rotator cuff, uh, my labrum, everything was torn. And I was actually filming a project in college at the time. It was a capstone project about leadership. And it was a coaching leadership. And I was a part of the story, coming back, getting ready to play ball. And I had to turn the camera on myself and realize that I would never play the game that I love ever again. And I watched it a couple of months ago, and I, I realized how emotional I was and how like devastated I was. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because when I hurt myself, I realized that, hey, I'm not going to go into baseball 
but I actually got an opportunity to work in the front office of baseball. And I took an internship, became a general manager, realized what I was meant to do was to put on a show and entertain people baseball, not be playing on the field, but actually bring people out. And that was a really pivotal moment for me. And you mentioned what happened years later is, you know, I started as a 23 year old with only 200 fans coming to the ballpark, $268 in the bank account with our first team. And then to Savannah, Georgia, where we said we're going to take it to a whole nother level. And uh, we sold two tickets in our first three months. And my wife and I, you know, as you know, we had to empty out our savings account and sell our house and we're sleeping on an airbed. So we've dealt with a lot of challenges and adversity, um, but I don't think it's anything in the scheme of things. And I've learned that from my dad and there's other stories of him battling cancer and all that. Um, it's all part of the game. And I think once you start going through challenges, that's really makes you see what kind of character you have, just like you guys have shown with what you've done. And I, I think it's been the best things that ever happened to me. Whenever there's adversity challenges, lean in, you're onto something now because now the best is right around the corner. And that's what we look for always. You know, I believe that your adversities in life can become your advantage later on. And it's interesting, you know, I have coaches on our team that sometimes they're, they're still young and they're making it more about themselves and what they can do. And I say, wow, until you're ready for it to be about the clients that we train, then you're not really ready to be a coach. You know, like you really have to care more about their performance than your own performance. And it's interesting. I even have a mentor, Todd Durkin, that if he had his way, he would have been an NFL quarterback, but then he injured his back. And now he's just made such an impact on people with the business he has and the mastermind that he has and the, the NFL athletes that he wound up training, you know? So it seems to me that this, this injuring your shoulder actually allowed you to make a much greater impact. I mean, I know you're already impacting myself and a lot of other entrepreneurs I'm going to share this with. So none of this would have happened without that injury, right? A hundred percent. And you realize, you know, I think you have to, it's a lot of doing and learning, a lot of doing and learning. I never knew I was going to be this circus guy in a yellow tuxedo running a baseball team. But, you know, I, I realized that there were problems, there were challenges, and I realized what gave me energy. And I think I can tell like a feed from you guys, the energy you have when I met you at the stadium, the energy you have right now, you know, everyone's like, well, Jesse, how do you have so much energy? I go, well, I do what gives me energy. I do what I love. And I don't do things that don't give me energy. In baseball, as much as I loved it, I'm not even near how much I love putting on a show and entertaining thousands of fans and dancing with the fans and singing with the fans and having fun with the fans. And so I think, you know, you can always look at whatever those challenges or adversities that you have, maybe it's leading you in another direction and that might be best for you. Wow. So good. So good. So, you know, life is about trying to find those things where you can find your passion, the things that make your soul sing and just spending more time doing them. So let's talk about how you found your yellow tux. I mean, because yeah. here we are, you know, I mean, let's talk about the elephant that's in the room. You are like the P.T. Barnum of baseball. In my opinion, you're like the Colonel Sanders, too. You know, like wherever Colonel Sanders, <laughs> you knew you'd like that white outfit and uh you know we met just how jesse is today because some of you guys will be watching this on youtube or different places where you can see this video uh that's how we met him at the game too that's how he is in the book so you know tell us about finding your yellow tux yeah. well it's so interesting everything to me always starts with a, a problem you're trying to solve and falling in love with the problem and when i was 23 years old and took over that first team in gastonia uh, we had a big problem no one wanted to come to games. No one even cared about our baseball team. We were the lowest level of baseball there is. And I had a business where I couldn't pay myself. For three months, I couldn't even pay myself. That's not a good business out of college when you can't pay yourself. And so it was a problem. And I talked to fans or quote unquote people that could be fans. And they said, baseball's too long, too slow, too boring. We're not interested. 
And I just kept hearing it over and over and over again. And I said, well, we got to be something dramatically different. So then I just, I immersed myself in the world of P.T. Barnum, Walt Disney, uh, Bill Veck, a former baseball owner way back in the day who actually used to give fans live lobsters during games and actually had a midget come up to bat. He was crazy. He did wild, wild things. And uh, I learned, I was like, you got to make it more about fun, more about entertainment. And so for me, yeah, I uh, found my yellow tux because I realized that um, we cannot be a baseball team. We're not in the baseball business. We're in the entertainment business. And I think everyone should ask, what business are you in? But what business are you really in? And yeah. the business we're really in had nothing to do with baseball. It had nothing to do with fun, joy, entertainment, and now creating a circus. So I realized if I'm, the, if I'm the showman, you know, again, that's putting on a circus that has dancing players, a break dancing first base coach, a male cheerleading team, a senior citizen dance team called the Banana Nanas, I can't be a ringleader that's dressed like everyone else. And so I obviously looked into, inspired by P.T. Barnum, what would, what would fit this? What would be my uniform? And you guys obviously in, you know, fitness and athletics, you know, when you wear something, you put something on, it's your uniform, it's game time. When you're putting on your workout clothes, I'm going to get after it now. All right. When you're putting on your uniforms, game time. When I put this on, it means it's showtime. So even right now with you, all right, I'm on stage. It's showtime. I'm ready to go. Let's put on a show. And so for me, uh, I wore it that first night uh, and it just caught on. It was like, this was me. This was the best version of me. And I believe everybody has something that's the best version of themselves, whether it's a yellow tux or whether it's something that makes them stand out. And often we're too afraid to go into that because we're worried what people think. I mean, guys, when I go through an airport back in the day when I was speaking a lot before COVID, people were like, what is wrong with that guy? There's cameras coming up. I mean, it's crazy. But the reality is, you know what? Most of the time it gets a smile. It gets yeah. a laugh. And that is like, hey, that's, I'm right in my element doing that. So I was able to find this, this joy, this love, this energy, this passion. And I, and I own it. This is me. I'm the yellow tux guy. You search yellow tux on Google, you're going to find me. And like, that's, that's, that's me. And, and uh, I love it. That is yeah. so awesome. So awesome. And you just touched on something that's a little deep there. You know, being who you authentically are uh, without worrying, without any concern about what other people think, because that is what the world needs from everyone, right? You know, stop asking yourself what the world needs. What the world needs is more people that have come alive, you know? And so you come alive and just own this role that you have in life, you know? So that's fantastic. Yeah, whoever you, whoever you are, own it and amplify it. And it's funny, as you just said, come alive. Um, we just had our One City World Tour in Mobile, Alabama. Took the bananas on the road, playing a brand new game. It was so many chances, so many things that could have gone wrong. And some things did go wrong. That's a whole other story. I can tell you about that, the halftime shows and the fact we were trying to sing national anthem, but the person started singing, take me out to the ball game instead. It was crazy. All right, there was a lot of things that didn't go as well as planned. But um, we, we finished the night with a surprise fireworks show. And we ne we've never done it before. You know, everyone uses fireworks to sell tickets. We were fortunate. We sold out the game. Surprise the fans. I go, hey, fans, thank you so much for supporting us. We got one more thing for you. And we lit up the sky and we had uh, the greatest showman soundtrack. Uh, we did a whole mesh up of it. And you said, come alive. And we had that come alive moment. And I watched, I was looking at the fans and you could see this unbelievable joy. There was one woman in her family. She was crying because she's so happy. I'm like, happy tears. I'm like, that is what we're trying to create. And that come alive moment, you said it so well. You know, where are we? We are, we are at our best. Uh, the staff, the pep band, all of them, they said they'll never forget my face running through the concourse after that fireworks show. I was yelling, woo, woo, like that. They said it was unbridled joy. Yes. How many times do we are able to get completely lost in a moment where we don't care, we're yelling, we're hooting, we're hollering, we're dancing, 
when you're in those moments, we need more of those. And I realized I was able to be a fan for the first time, watching the fireworks, hearing the music. I was a fan. And how can we find those every day, those moments? And if you haven't found it yet, keep looking, keep working, keep pushing towards that. Because when you're that, you are your best version. You're the best version for everyone else. And that's what I want to keep chasing, keep pursuing, and keep going after every day. Oh, good. You know, in your book, you say that start having fun is really your big advice to people, you know, about, you know, trying to find the way to have fun and make no mistake about it, that fun takes work and fun takes a plan. I remember exactly how you said it. So, and so when you're saying that, when you're encouraging people to have this kind of fun, I, I mean, because I just, I can already tell that the thing that motivates you is just seeing the joy on people's faces, you know, falling in love with your customers and seeing what you can do to entertain. Um, you know, for who's ever struggling in business or maybe even just struggling to find their passion in their career, you know, what, what kinds of words of wisdom would you give to them? What kind of piece of advice would you to really define that, have fun in what you do? No. Uh, well, you know, there's a few things I can take from that. I, you know, I remember I was at uh, a game a couple of years ago and Mark Sanborn, um, become, uh, he's become a role model for me. He wrote the book Fred Factor um, and numerous books, big time author. He, he came out to a game. He wanted to see the show. And he goes, Jesse, it's so simple when you watch it. I go, well, what are you talking about, Mark? He goes, well, when you guys give fun, you have fun. And I was like, what do, you, what do you mean that? He's like, you guys are out giving fun to people. And it obviously just turns in, it's contagious to you. And if you guys see me after a game and I'm dancing with fans and I'm dancing with little girls, I'm doing it like I'm trying to give fun to them, but I catch myself, I'm the one having fun. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's so important to think about those moments. And what I started sharing for me, I was in some dark times, you know, starting out where I was doing everything, literally trying to figure out the operations, which I'm terrible at, food and bev, selling, merchandise, everything. And I was overwhelmed by so much. And then I started looking, I, I audited my day. I just did an audit, which is a tough word. No one likes an audit, but I did an audit. I looked at my day. I said, well, what are the things I'm doing during the day that give me energy? And what are the things that take away energy from me? And when you talk about fun and energy, there, a lot of times they're correlated. And so what I, what I would say is create your own energy list. Look at your day and say, what are those things that give you absolute energy? And then at the end of the day, when you're with your family or whatever, you're not tired. You're not exhausted. You're not driving home. You're not like, oh, what was this day? because you're doing things that give you energy, you wanna do more of it. So I did that for me and I realized it was very simple. When I'm creating, when I'm sharing, or when I'm growing. And so let's talk about this podcast right now. We're creating something new, all right? We're creating something new that's going on in the world. We're sharing it more and more people and I'm growing because I'm learning from you guys. I'm learning from the questions you're asking. I'm learning what's, what's important to you. This hits the trifecta. When I'm on the field, we're creating something brand new, a new promotion, new things we haven't done before. We're sharing it with thousands of people and I'm growing because I'm learning and I'm part of it. And we're learning what we're going to do better next time. Mm -hmm. Top of the world. But when I'm doing things like detail oriented, going over like all the details, the financials, I don't care about all that. And that wears me out. And so when you want to talk about having fun, do things that give you energy. That ends up being fun. And how do you get lost in the moment? Look at those times in your days that you are lost in a moment, that you're not paying attention to time, you're not looking at your watch, you're not looking at what you have to do. The time where the, like, the time flies. And right. that's why I think, that's where fun comes into the mix. I don't think about, I'm gonna go have fun. I just think about doing things that I love and give me energy and I'm having fun because of it. Uh, so good, so good. And are you saying, uh, I don't wanna see all the questions. I, I yeah. feel like, I go ahead. No, I, I was just, I just wanna give you like a little, little history on us. Um, yeah. We are all about having fun. Um, you know, we own several fitness centers and, you know, we always say, 
We're, we're not the only one with dumbbells or kettlebells or a pull-up bar. So why are we different? It's yes. our it is how we start every session. It's the warm up. It's the fun. It's the energy. It's the smiles. How we demo. Like when I'm doing the battle ropes, he starts playing a song and it's going right. And I'm like, if you do this fast enough, this music will play. You know, like we entertain as we demo, tell them what they're going to do. So fast forward a little bit because so yesterday we we, was our anniversary we were open eight years uh since you know our fitness centers were born and um we were reading the book clockwork yeah we were getting ready to do a, a presentation on it um and my part was speaking about the savannah bananas yeah from, from the book, right? So, so uh, what I got to do is I have to investigate and I have to find out a little bit about, about you guys and what makes you different. So as I'm reading, I am like, Travis, oh my goodness. Like they, they are like us. They're not, I mean, yes, we're a fitness center, but we are about entertainment and how much we, we pour into our members that come here and how fun we make their day and, and all of that. And so, so as I started investigating and, and reading more about you guys and, and how you came to be and how you pack every single, you know, sellout show for a year, you know, the last, you know, several years. And so for Valentine's Day, I bought us tickets yes. to see the Savannah Bananas. Yes. And uh, so that's what got us there was reading the book because we were going to do a presentation on it, investigating Savannah Bananas. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they're not about baseball. They were about entertainment. We have to go see what they do. So it was super exciting. You guys were fantastic. It was so worth the trip. Um, it, it was great. Yeah, so, such a great thing. You know, we can give Michael Michalowicz a little plug there, you know, because uh, – Clockwork, design your business to run itself. Mention the Savannah Bananas, guys. And we have never been to Savannah, Georgia. We Ever. only went yep. for the Savannah Bananas. Yeah. Uh, not that it's not a great city to visit, but uh, if you only need one reason to go, the Savannah Bananas is the reason. And that goes back to something that you said earlier, Jesse. You said to the listeners, you said, you know, ask yourself what business you're in and then ask yourself what business you're really in. And that was where we were, you know, Michael was kind of breaking down the QBR and they were describing the Savannah Bananas is that they know that their first job is to entertain, yeah. right? Well, and our mission, yeah. It's fans yeah. first, entertain always. That's what we do. I was about to go. Yeah. So <laughs> tell me what that means to you. Tell, tell all the listeners just, you know, yeah, what does that mean? That's your motto, fans first, entertainment always, right? And so we had to get better at this. I mean, 15 years, you know, we started our first team and, you know, we realized, Again, whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. And you guys sound like you have this down well. I mean, again, there's so many fitness centers. They don't, it's hard for them to stand out. You can't stand out with the same equipment. You know, there's still a product out there. You have, you can work out anywhere. You know, you can do all that. And it's even harder now because you've got all the competition. People can work out of their own house. Mm -hmm. So they have to go there for how you make them feel. And yeah. how you make them feel is the key. And so for us, you know, when people say, oh, you guys, uh, you're, you're, you run a baseball team. You're in the entertainment business. I go, really? I had to, I wasn't smart enough. So I had to look up the definition of entertain. It's mm. to provide enjoyment and to provide amusement. Mm. Aren't we all in the entertainment business? And so when I look at like P.T. Barnum, he said, the noblest art is that of making others happy. And so literally what we said is we want to be different. We have to craft every single experience from it. So, you know, you guys, I hope, and I'm up on hold there, but I hope you bought the ticket. 
And I hope you got an email, a funny email with a video. I hope you got a phone call or a voicemail. You know, I hope every step we try to entertain. And again, I don't know what time you showed up at the game, but before the game, we have our march come out with the band and we have music and we have the banana nanas dancing. And we have literally, we're trying to entertain the line as they walk in. And then our ticket takers are in banana uh, ticket, uh, banana costumes. And then if we went into our men's bathroom, Travis, you might've seen the urinals have making bacon urinal cakes. They're literally our rival. So our fans are peeing on our rival. Even in our terrible 1926 bathrooms, we try to entertain. And so we look at every single place. I mean, we had weigh-ins before the game, which don't even make sense, like UFC boxing weigh-ins between the home and the visitor, because that was an idea of trying to create a little bit of a fun between the two teams beforehand. And so every little point, I think, is there's an opportunity to entertain. I mean, even our invoices, we wrote out invoices that are ridiculous when you get them. And, and I can share that too, but when people buy tickets. So from a, a fitness center or whatever business you're in, is that part of the process normal or is it remarkable? Right. And if you look at every touch point, your voicemail, your hold music, our voicemail is Savannah, na, na, na. You've reached the Savannah, bananas, na, na, na. Please leave your message after. It's the song to Camilla Caballo. We missed it up. And then our hold music is ring, 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 banana phone. And literally every two weeks, someone calls and asks, can you put me on hold? We're like, what? They're like, I want to hear the ring, ring, ring. I was like, you are crazy. All right. <laughs> and we were terrible at this at first. We were like, we're just going to have players dance. And we learned that. And then we said, you know what? Why don't you try to make every touch point remarkable? And you guys know, you saw your first game and, and we're still learning. We still, there's a lot of things that we can do better. But when you start analyzing that and saying, hey, maybe we don't just have the main product. Maybe we have a stage in the parking lot. Maybe we have a stage in the plaza. Maybe we have a stage in the concourse. Maybe we have a stage in the grandstand and a stage on the field. You saw us. We did, we did shows in the grandstand. We did shows. We had the parade go through the concourse. It's all part of that, which a fitness center can do as well. What's happening in the parking lot when you first greet people? What about when people leave at the end? How are they greeted in an entertaining way? And so you get me on this thing for a while, but Walt Disney said it best. He goes, he goes uh, the most important part of a movie is the opening shot and the final shot because they leave, the last, they leave the last impression, the first impression and the last impression. And he said that's why he designed Disney World and Disneyland not to have numerous entrances. You know, if you think about most theme parks, most amusement parks, most stadiums, they have gate A, gate B, gate C, gate D. You walk into Disney World, you go through one main entrance because he wants to control that opening shot and he wants to control that final shot. So that's the same thing we're trying to do and same thing you guys can do. It's like, all right, what, when people come in here, we want them to have this type of experience. We don't want them to get a second rate experience. We want to get them the best. And so you got me on a thing, but that's, we focus so much on those entertaining touch points every step of the way. That is so awesome. Could you say that quote one more time by P.T. Barnum, the noblest art? Uh, say that again. The noblest art is that of making others happy. Wow. And, you know, so that exactly takes me. So if you're in a business or if you're even working in a job for a business, of course, the takeaway from today is, you know, how can I do this with more passion? How can I carry out that noble art of making people happy? And I think that the thing that holds people back is uh, ego, really. What will people say? What will people think, right? You know, these type of questions that we really shouldn't ask ourselves because we should just give the world who we are and, and do it unapologetically. But I want you to share that it probably hasn't always worked out successfully, right? You try things and they flop, but you keep trying because it's, 
it's worth it to bring the joy, right? So um, what's uh, something that maybe you tried when you were like, all right, well, this is going to be really fun. And it was like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> you know, right? you know, you know, it's funny. And I'll say two words. I can answer this question. And I will. Uh, but I will also say that we look at everything we do as just an at bat. And I think so many people focus on their last at bat too much and whether they struck out or they failed. Or they, you know, I'll ask a question for you guys. I had to look it up and I know, do you know which player in major league baseball has the most hits? ever to play major league baseball mm. no no i don't no, i didn't know either until i let pete rose he has over four thousand hits he wow. also has over fourteen thousand at bats he has two thousand more at bats than anybody that ever played the game ever played the game he just came to bat more of course he got more hits all right, right. so then i got a question for here do you know which batter failed more than anyone else like which batter struck out more than anyone else that ever played the game that is Pete Rose. That's why I'm thinking. Oh, that's a good guess. I've heard Pete Rose, Beirut, Sammy Sosa. It's, it's a guy that hit three home runs in game six of the 1977 World Series to propel the Yankees to a World Series championship. He's known as Mr. October. Oh, okay. He's a Hall of Famer. His name's Reggie Jackson. And my oh. point is, he's not known for the strikeouts. No one knows that he struck out more than anyone else. They know him for the hits. They know him for the home runs. They know him for the World Series championship we have to get to a mindset of stop worrying about the failures, worrying about coming to a bat and swinging hard and missing it. We have to stop worrying about that. So like all these failures that we've had, they're even out of my mind because we're doing so many things different. So I can go back, but my point is it's what's your next at bat. So yes, to give you an idea of failures, yes. Salute to underwear night was an absolute failure, all right? Where we said people come in and they wear underwear on the outside, they get a free giveaway. I think we only had 200 people show up. This is way back with our former team. Flatulence fun night was a disaster. The world's largest tickets, where we made giant tickets. We thought fans would love them. They didn't know where to put them and they couldn't fit in their pockets. They couldn't do anything. It was a disaster, all right? The halftime show that we had just a month ago, the idea was to stop a baseball game and actually have a halftime show, which has never happened before. So I got a pipe and drum band for St. Patrick's Day. And it was the slow, they were all in their 60s and 70s. And it was the slowest moving halftime show I'd ever seen. Fans, welcome to halftime show. And they just slowly made their way out of the field. I'm sitting there like, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? All right. All these things, you know, have, every night we do a new promotion. And every night someone, it doesn't go well. You know, I've had horse head races where kids put horse heads on their, on their faces and they literally end up in the outfield and one ended up in the mound. And we delayed the game for five minutes. All these things happen over and over again. But what I believe is that our fans know that we are always trying new things. And we're always testing new things. And so for a fitness center, whatever you're doing, if you're not doing things that don't work well, you waited too long. And I think it's so key to be willing to get a little messy, to watch it, you know, not work perfectly because get to that next at bat. How can you keep getting to that next at bat? And that's kind of our mindset. Wow, what a great, yeah. what a great lesson there. Just keep on getting up to bat and keep on swinging, you know, that's so good. Um, so now, you know, we've talked about some of the failures, but you're, you're just doing so much, in my opinion, to really make a difference in lives such as ours to answer something that you mentioned earlier. Yes, we showed up a half hour earlier. We saw the parade. We, yes. we enjoyed every aspect of the game. And, and I, I was even in the urinals. You have a newsletter named The Toilet something or other. I'm like, toilet what? Time. Yes, The Toilet Times. Toilet to time. entertain you while you're going to the bathroom. Yes. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, my God. I'll, I'll, they thought of everything. Even when I'm standing at the urinal, they got a Toilet Times. You know, that they're still having fun. Mm -hmm. uh, so what's your big vision for how the world is going to be different? Because you're 
you're here. You know, I know that already the Savannah area is different and, and yeah. so are other teams and other businesses like mine being inspired by what you're doing. Uh, but what's your big vision? Where, where are we going now that we can support that? Because I want more people to know you. I appreciate it. And we actually uh, were impacted by Michael Hyatt's book, uh, The Vision Driven Leader. And I got with our leadership team uh, during COVID. And we found a way to play during COVID with no positive cases. It was an amazing challenge for us. Um, but we realized what's the most fans first thing to do? Our fans would want us to play. And I remember the last game of the year, uh, a gentleman, a season ticket holder came to me and he goes, with a tear coming down his face, he goes, you guys, uh, you guys saved my life. Thank you. I go, what, what, whoa, thank, thank you. What do you mean? He goes, I was in a very dark place before the season, very dark place. And I found out you guys were going to play. And I came out to that first game and I sang, I danced, I cheered, I had fun. And I realized there was another game two days later. And I had something to look forward to every day this summer. You guys saved my life. And, you know, that's just one gentleman. I don't think we necessarily saved his life, but we showed up and we had fun and we entertained. And so during that whole summer, we were asking that question. We were actually discussing as a team is like, you know, for that person or the, the family, that gentleman came up to me a game, the first, second game, he said, oh, thanks. This game was great. I go, thanks, man. He goes, yeah, we just drove 40 hours with our family from Utah for this game. We're driving 40 hours back tomorrow. I go, you're absolutely crazy, but thank you. I go, I want to drive 40 minutes for things. And so what we realized as a team that during a pandemic, the challenge is everyone, people need joy. They need happiness. They need fun more than ever. And it's our obligation to bring it to more people. So what we did is we got together as a team and said, you know what, what's it look like? What are those rules in the industry that everyone follows that we can do differently? Well, here's a rule. You only play during the summer. You're part of a league. We said, well, what if we played year round? What if we're not part of a league? What if we're a league of our own? We started asking the question, what if? And by asking the question, what if, we formed answers that no one would have ever thought of. And now as we played game in Fansgiving, we just finished games in the spring. We played in a new city in Mobile, Alabama that we never imagined on our One City World Tour. Our vision is to take this show in the world, uh, take this show all around the world. And we want to bring it to more people because we see that one person that comes up to us with a tear coming down their face. We see that family and that's what it's about. We wrote it. We wrote a vision. It's on our website. We hold it ourselves accountable. It's our 2025 vision. And it shares about our team, our product, our experience, how we're going to promote and what the impact it's going to be. There's not one thing about financial, not one thing about money. It's every game is someone's first game. And if we can bring that moment to one fan more and more and more and more and more all around the country and all around the world, that's what we're going to do. And so you better believe next year we'll be going to more cities and then more cities and then more cities. And we're going to turn Savannah Bananas, the stadium into Banana Land. It's going to be very inspired by Walt Disney. It's going to be, you know, there might be zip lines going across the field. There may be a train that goes around the stadium that you can actually watch the game from a train. There may be Airbnb treehouses. There may be a speakeasy. There may be a brewery. I don't know, but it's going to be banana land. And so as, and that's all in our vision to create a banana land that people could come from all over the country and then we'll take the show to them. And you know what? We're going to do it. We're going to do it. There's nothing holding us back. Wow. That is amazing. Uh, and I love it how you're already calling it a world tour when it was only one city because you already know what the vision is. You, you know? got to think big, baby. You got to think big and, and make things bigger than what they are. That's for sure. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for what you've shared with us today. And, and I'm just so inspired immediately when we got your video. I said, why don't we have a video like this? Like, you know, thanking somebody for their It's interest. so true. I, I got on a, a Zoom call with all the leaders at all the locations. I'm like, guys, this is what we got when we got tickets. What do people get when they say, hey, I'd like to try a workout a journey? I'm like, we right. need something. You right. Know? So we are uh, in the midst of putting together a video. Yeah. It's 
inspired by the video we received when we bought tickets and we were like, we have to send that to every single person that comes through our doors. We have to, you know, so, so we are in the works of of putting that together inspired by you. So thank you. Uh, So good to hear. I love it. Well, it just, it adds a little bit, something different. You know, everyone has payment confirmations. Everyone has emails, every touch point. Can you make it a little bit special? And that's where you start winning. So good. Well, um, you know, everybody wants to reach out, I'm sure, or, or learn more. Uh, which I've already mentioned this book, Find Your Yellow Tux. But if they want to connect with the Savannah Bananas, if they want to attend a game, if they want to learn more from you, uh, what's the best way to go about doing that? Yeah, I'm very easy to find. I give my cell phone out at our games. I have the number out there. I know our podcast, they give out my cell phone. I have uh, obviously email. You connect with me pretty quickly. But yeah, if you search Yellow Tux, you'll find me. And uh, you know, this is a great lesson I learned from Mark Cuban. I was 25 years old. I read his book uh, in one day and I sent him an email. Mark Cuban, running the Dallas Mavericks, the biggest you know, name in sports and entertainment. And he wrote back to me within an hour. And I was like, all right, you know, that says something. And so if people reach out, I am glad to help in any way. I post every day on LinkedIn and share kind of our story and journey. But uh, uh, I'm still learning every day. And if people, I can help them, that's great. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's what happened for me. I had sent him an email from the airport because I had finished the book on the plane and it has it in the back that I could email you. And so I'm like, I want to meet this guy. I want to shank his hand. I mean, this is the best book that I've read in forever, you know, and, and I was just so thrilled. And then it, when I met you at the gate, Cindy's like, look, there he is. Cause she oh, knew. There he is. There he is. <laughs> she knew how, how pumped I was just <laughs> right. to say, wow, you know, Jesse, great job. Yeah. And, uh, and you're like, yes, I've already seen your email and, uh, you know, we were able to connect and have a picture and now we're on this podcast interview. So thank you for being just a, a genuine, authentic yeah. human being and a, a great representation of what it means to be a leader and be bold and not be afraid to be different and be who you are. Thank you so much. Any final words for our listeners? Well, I'll tell you, first of all, you guys are inspiring. Uh, the energy, the persistence, the, the perseverance, the video that you share with me that you sent to your team. Uh, a lot of people read things, they see things, they watch things, but they don't take action. And you guys are taking action, which is so, so inspiring. And uh, I guess if I can leave with one thing, on the back of our fans' first playbook that we share with everyone on our team, our players, our coaches, our staff, our game day, everybody, uh, it says, be patient in what you want for yourself, but be impatient in how much you give to others. And you guys are doing the exact same. So I really appreciate you. Wow, that's so good. They're so, so good. I can't wait to go back and re-listen to this because I want to write down some of quotes. They're just great. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Well, we thank you for your time. Yes. Uh, thanks, guys. Take hey, care. Thanks for tuning in to the Overcomers Podcast sponsored by Journey 333. When I am not hosting the Overcomers Podcast, I'm working at one of our fitness franchises so that I can continue to help people overcome adversity on a daily basis. That's right. People come to the Journey 333 fitness franchises because they want a coach in their life. They want somebody to help them overcome the adversities of life, motivate them to higher levels of greatness, bring out their potential, help them lose weight, get off medications, fight depression, fight anxiety. That's what we do on a regular basis. If you feel like you want your life to be about helping more people to overcome their adversities, if you feel like you're an overcomer and you want to create more overcomers, then maybe owning a Journey 333 franchise would be for you. To find out more, go to www.journeyfitness333.com.